Welcome back to the Trifecta Soft Podcast. I'm your host, E-Rock. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, so you never miss another podcast. Also, do me a favor. Go on to whatever podcast app you listen to us on and give us a rating and review. That really helps us rank in the searches. Thank you so much. Let's get into the podcast. You, you played a, an event recently or something? Yeah, so I just played my first... Um... My first weekend Milsim in North Carolina this past weekend, and nice. it was it was good. It was um, it was a it was a fun time. Um, got there Friday, and I guess it, it was like a uh, it's probably like a six and a half hour drive. Um, yeah, so I mean it was it was a long one, but uh, the the weekend was great. You know, it was. I went to like check in on Friday. Um, they just do your check in and chrono, get that out of the way. You can still do that on Saturday if you need to, but um, Saturday was two games. The first one got delayed though. It was like torrential downpour. Um, oh, but it was it was the right call because they delayed it by one hour, and like one hour after the set start time, like it was pretty clear skies. Um, the ground was like soaking. It was just like a muddy disaster the whole weekend. <laughs> but, uh, um, I had a good pair of boots. Um, I use like morel hiking boots and okay. no problems at all. Like my feet were dry the whole weekend, but, uh, that was definitely an issue for some people. If you didn't have good boots, like you were going to be, you're going to be pretty miserable. <laughs> oh yeah. But, um, so it was like a in, little, you're in Virginia, right? You live in Virginia? Uh, Maryland. Oh, Maryland. Shit. Okay. Yeah, I'm like... So, yeah, uh, that's a good drive. Yeah, I'm a little north of Baltimore. Um, okay. Yeah, it... Uh, I don't know. Like, every time I would... I would look at the... Like, ahead of time, I would look at my map, like, my GPS, and it would be anywhere from, like, five and a half to six hours, I guess, depending on traffic. But um, I left, like, I guess, like, midday, and I definitely, like... D.C. and Northern Virginia is, like, a nightmare to drive through. It's just, like traffic everywhere i'll bet um so that was like the worst part and then sunday coming back like i don't i I would have to think about how i would do this next time if i'm driving that far but it was kind of a lot to like play the sunday game and then drive six and a half hours like that's what i did um like i i I thought like maybe like a little rest would be a good idea but i didn't want to just be hanging around for nothing like i kind of just wanted to get home yeah. But, um, yeah, it was like, I don't know, the event ended and they did like the raffle, they did awards and that was cool. And then once that was over, like reality set and it's like, oh, the next like several hours is just driving. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. <laughs> See, I was going to, yeah, I was going to ask you what, uh, what time it ended because you probably didn't get home until later. Yeah. I probably got home. I think it was probably like 10 or 11 o'clock at night. Mm. Um, and I, Sunday was better there, not as much traffic, but I was just like, I was just, I was worn out. I was gonna um, say, you had to be exhausted. Yeah. I mean, like all I'm used to is like a normal, like one day skirmish or a one day event. And like, I mean that, that'll make me pretty tired by the end of that. But like two games on Saturday, one game on Sunday, like. That was that was a lot of fatigue. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's crazy. So, what? Uh, which event was this? What, what Milsim? 
So um, it was by Valkyrie Airsoft, and they do. This was it was called Op Immortan um, in Linden, North Carolina. So it was at a junkyard. It was the first time it was held there. And um, what was really cool when they were doing like the wrap up with the raffle and awards and stuff, they did say that the owner of that junkyard like had a really good time. He played, and I think his like son and his son's friends played. They had a great time. Um, so he wants to definitely do it again. And uh, they even said like he's talking about um, maybe even putting in like some buildings or some different cover, just like building the field up a little bit. Yeah. Um, like the field is already really cool. Like it just, it's basically just a ton of cars everywhere. Yeah. There's a couple buildings like towards the front of the property. Um, but most of it is just woods and cars. And, um, that works out perfectly. Like, right. I, I mean, like I'm used to most of the fields I'm at, they'll have a car here or there, but just like the majority of your cover being cars, like it, it worked out pretty well. Yeah. But, yeah, that um, sounds awesome because the uh, I've seen videos where you know some of these fields have old wrecked cars and burned up cars and stuff like in the middle of the field. Yeah, and uh, it looks really cool. Yeah, this was just like cars as far as the eye could see, like everywhere. <laughs> but there was, and there was, there was like you'd find yourself in spots too, um, just woods, and then there was like there were some embankments and like drop-offs. There was some like streams running through. So it was, it was pretty good terrain. Yeah. Um, and again, like I said, the ground was extremely soft. Like sometimes I would like get behind a car, take a knee and like, I'm just kneeling and like my knee would just sink in the ground. (laughs) Squish. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. That's (laughs) funny. Yeah. Yeah. Playing in the mud, man, like having a, you know, haul, did you have like a pack and everything on too? Um, a bunch of no. So I just, um, I just wore my plate carrier and battle bell mm-hmm. and then I would keep a pack at our HQ. So we, we had like a HQ area we could respawn at. And that was like real far back. That was like as far back as you could go usually. Um, and I would leave my pack there and then we had a mobile respawn and that is like up to the team to decide where they want to put it. So you kind of have to be smart about it. You don't want to put like, it's great if you put it up as far as you can, but it's yeah. easier for the other team to take it. And then you got to find something else or you might not have one for a while. Gotcha. So like, if you're a little more conservative, like it's not going to be as close as you want it, but it's not going to get taken as easily. Yeah. Um, but I didn't usually leave my pack at the mobile one. I would usually just leave it at HQ. Um, okay. Yeah, and then like the uh, the parking lot wasn't like a huge walk from HQ either, so like that was pretty easy too. Yeah, and they they also had um, like it was it was a big big field, um, but they did have U hauls that were that would like transport players around, which was pretty oh, cool. cool. Yeah. yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, like usually I, it it never worked out to where like if I was walking back to respawn. I would like hop on, but here and there it would be like if I was walking out to the field or like coming off, I might luck out and get one. Um, like a little shuttle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. That is cool. What, what, uh, did the, what kind of game modes, like what was the, the setup? So, um, it was pretty much the majority of it. Um, 
was these they had these briefcases and they were provided by Amped Airsoft. Okay. And um basically you just open up the briefcase and um it has an option for tan or green and uh you want to get your you want to toggle it to tan and then the points are calculated that way. So like the team that wins is the team that has had like the majority of their objectives like through their color for the longest time. Yeah. Um, so like so by the end of it, you like switch it or whatever, it starts counting. It has like, a yeah. Count. So like okay. once you put it on tan, like it's counting tan points until the green team can get it and switch it back to green. Gotcha. And then it'll switch green points. But, um, yeah, those were pretty interesting. They, um, they also like incorporated an, an app on your phone, which I had never used. Um, but it's called, I think it's called Aries alpha. It's definitely Aries something. I can pull it up real quick. Yeah. But, um, you could look at that app and it would tell you, yeah, actually it is, it is called Aries alpha. Um, it's basically like a GPS app and it, um, you sign up for it, you put your name in it, like some info and, um, you can like, if, if I were to get hit, I could put that, um, dead i could like waiting for a medic or whatever oh shit um and it's just a way to keep up with that but also on there it would tell you like different points like where your hq is where your mobile respawn is um and it could help you like if you paid enough attention you could get a good idea of where some of those boxes were to get the objectives and uh, a funny story at one point i think it was um i think it was like during the second game on saturday we were holding an objective and it was like, Oh, actually. So it was like, it was pretty soon into the second game on Saturday. We got to an objective. We're holding it. And it was probably like four or five of us. Um, we got into a little skirmish with some, with some green guys. Um, they ended up like wiping us all out. We were all dead and, uh, they're walking around. And like, one thing I always find funny in airsoft, like when, whenever like you get wiped or you wipe someone, there's always that like looking around. Cause you never know if you got everybody like, like <laughs> yeah. we know there's no one else they have to get, but they're like right. just going around, like searching for that last player just in case, but they completely missed the briefcase. Like it was right out oh, in the open shit. and uh, it has like, it has bright yellow on the top. Like they walked by it like a dozen times. Yeah. We're just like sitting there with our red rags out. Um, and no one can medic each other because we're all dead. Yeah. So they they're just walking by. Finally, they leave, and um, so the the way the medic rules worked, like once you got hit, you had two ace bandages or whatever kind of tourniquet you want to use. You can use two of those to revive, and then the third one you're dead. But okay. um, once you're dead, dead, or once no one is able to revive you, um, you have to bleed out for five minutes. So once we got to our five minute bleed out, we're like, all right, let's run to the respawn and get back here quick before like they realize they just walked past the briefcase. Oh my God. <laughs> that is crazy. Did you guys yeah. get it back? We did. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> so like they, I, they probably just weren't using the app cause like it was, it was on the app. Like that's how we found it. But like oh, shit. You, you would see it on the app. It's not like precise enough to like pinpoint exactly where it's at, especially with like cars and woods everywhere. Yeah. But you could see yourself on the GPS and then see you're getting closer and closer to it. And then you just have to narrow it down to exactly where it is. That is cool. Yeah. Holy cow. And then, um, so that's, I, that I found myself pretty much playing those objectives the whole time. 
um, or doing whatever was needed of like of the team. But um, it looked like when I was when I went back, I was looking at some of the pictures. They they had a photographer there, um, and I posted some of those pictures on Instagram. But I was looking through a lot of the pictures. There's like hundreds of them, but there must have been an objective with um, like a dummy. They had like a dummy on a stretcher. I saw. Oh, yeah. Um, so they must have used that. I never got in on that objective, but it looked like it was one. So that would be something where you have to carry the wounded dummy or whatever back to a certain spot or something? Yeah, that's what I would assume. Uh, okay. Yeah. I think I've heard of that before. I think actually these guys have talked about something where they had to drag, you know, something like that. Right. To, to their a certain checkpoint or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I never came in contact with those, but, um, like some of those dummies are pretty realistic to like the weight of a person. Mm. So, so that's a, that's a heavy thing to be carrying. Yeah. So it's a two man team carrying oh, this yeah. thing or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> everyone else is uh, trying to protect them. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, did anyone have any drones flying around? Ooh, that's a good question. I, I didn't notice any actually. Yeah. Um, maybe footage will pop up later, but I, I didn't notice any actually. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's getting popular. I know uh, a couple of guys I talked to recently that play up in North Carolina they mm-hmm. live up there. They, uh, one of the guys has uh, a drone that he uses. He used it on a recent uh, gameplay they did like a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And the footage looked really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've I have been to games and seen them. Um yeah, they're definitely getting popular. What was cool too about his was that he was flying it and so he was using the camera and he has his own YouTube channel. It's uh Gibbers plays Airsoft, the guy okay. I talked to before. So him and John that uh shot tactics, they play together at this field. So they're friends and stuff. So they they took uh, they actually collaborated together. They each have their own YouTube channels. They collaborated together with and traded videos. So they each made their own video, different, you know, uh, but they used each other's videos as well and drone footage and uh, it really added a cool effect to the video because it was uh, one minute you know John's running through here. He's got that three sixty camera on his gun, mm. which looks really cool. Oh, and I then, know what you're talking about. Yeah, the 360s yeah. look real good. Yeah. Yeah, that i360 or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And um and then it'll switch to the drone footage and follow him like where, you know. So you get all these different perspectives. It was a really cool uh video to watch. Nice. Yeah. If if you want to see something pretty cool with the drone, I can't think of like the specific video, but there's a um there's an airsofter and a I'm pretty sure he's from Ireland. Um, his name is uh, Fox Fox Green, I think. But um, I, I like his stuff a lot. Like he, being in Ireland, they have like super low limits, so he does like sniper stuff. But like it's pretty interesting because he's like limited to I want to say like less than what riflemen would have as a limit here. Like it's a pretty low jewel limit. Like for snipers included, yeah. but um, one of his videos, like maybe it's in more, but at least one of the ones I saw, 
he had a drone and he was using um one of those nerf footballs that like whistles yeah so it was like attached to some kind of rope or string um and it would drop from the drone and then like it would whistle as it goes down and they like incorporated incorporated into the gameplay so like anyone within a certain radius was dead and like they were doing drone strikes at whatever game this was they were playing oh that's awesome yeah that is wild and like yeah it was yeah it was like it was smart to use like the whistling nerf thing because like that way like i mean you could be playing in a football could land right next to you you would never know it but like if you hear it whistling like you know it's there and you'll, you'll yeah. call yourself kind of like a uh mortar you know sound like a mortar effect yeah <laughs> that is cool you yeah know, uh somebody was just oh i know who it was uh maddie mo from Mobros. yes he was just talking about uh grim near tactical and some of their games, you know, yeah. they host some of their events. I, yeah, I listened to that one. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, I had never heard of Grimnir, but um, they do – the events they have listed now are – both of them aren't that far from me. One's at like Zulu 24 in New York. Okay. Um, and I was actually debating when – I, when I chose this event in North Carolina, I was debating between this and another one in May, an American Milsim game, but at the same field. Zulu 24 in like upstate New York. Yeah. And I chose this one. Um, but they also, I think Grimnir does one in West Virginia and that's like a Mount facility. Right. And like that, that one would be even closer. Like West Virginia is not a bad drive for me. Okay. Um, I definitely, I definitely want to play a game. I think a few promoters play, play games at um, it's called Panthera, I think in West Virginia, but that's a, that's a pretty cool facility. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Skirmish, the future of Airsoft gameplay management. Are you ready to take Airsoft to the next level? Skirmish's innovative gameplay solution keeps players and spectators engaged with real-time updates. Capture objectives, detonate targets, medic, and more at Skirmish-enabled fields. Skirmish tracks every action so you don't have to. Review past games, action by action, and follow your progress in national rankings. Phones are not required. If you want to find out more, head to skirmish.net and check out episode 157 of this podcast where I talk with the owner of Skirmish about how it started and how it works. Stay connected, my friends. Somebody was just telling me about that. Uh, I can't remember who I was talking to. It might have been, uh, yeah, it was actually. It was Matty Moe. He was talking mm-hmm. about that same event in, yeah. in uh, West Virginia. Because I was right. like, yeah, I don't want to drive that far. It's like, that's far for you, I think. Six and seven hour, yeah. It depends on where it's at in West Virginia, but it might be like a seven hour drive, right? One way, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's like, like, oh, that's not that far. I'm like, no, nah, bro, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the the western part of West Virginia borders Ohio, so like that's getting out there, right? Well, that's where uh, <laughs> I'm originally from is Northeast Ohio. So when we were driving down here for years, visiting my in laws who live down here. Before we moved down to uh, South Carolina, we drove through West Virginia, you know, every time, you know, three times a year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so it's it's pretty far from where we're at now because getting up yeah. to West Virginia, it's, you know, we're getting close to Ohio. But, yeah, it'd probably be like a seven-hour, seven- or eight-hour drive depending on where it's at in West Virginia. Right. But, uh, yeah, it was, 
but he was talking about this um the uh one of the events that he uh went to that Grimnir set up or whatever they were they had a drone that was dropping tag in rounds oh. <laughs> <laughs> or shooting them or I was like how I wonder how they you know set that up to where it like how does it drop it or you know I don't yeah. know Yeah I mean um the launchable ones like fire out of a like two or three launcher. So it could be like, instead of attaching the, the attachment piece to an M4, you just attach it to the drone. That'd be crazy. <laughs> I mean, if you can do that, you could hook up a little, uh, you know, AAP one or something and put a extended mag in it. Right. That thing shoot full auto come down and be like a little <laughs> machine gun, you know, run or whatever. <laughs> yeah. They're getting crazy with the uh, drone stuff. It's really yeah. cool to see. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to, I think it's going to get even cooler. Like, newer stuff's going to come out, new ideas. Yeah. I'm definitely interested to see where that goes. Me too. We bought a, we bought a drone. I wanted to get into drone stuff before we started our uh, Airsoft channel. And uh, I was like, hey, let's get a drone and try it out. Matter of fact, we got it with the, we only got it to uh, review it for the review channel that I started before the Airsoft channel. So, it was fairly cheap, um, real small and light, you know, had little fold out props and whatever. Mm. But we have a video of us, uh, me, Colton and Christian. There's a big park right next to us, like two minutes down the road, giant fields everywhere. Plus they have a giant, you know, soccer field and football field and, and all that kind of stuff. Well, we were out there. It was a beautiful day. We were seeing how far the range was on the remote, you know, testing everything on it. It was fun. You know, it was fun to, fun to nice. use. We crashed it, you know, a hundred times because <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to do like a, like a, a, you know, strafing run, you know, we come down oh, nice. and yeah. And then we're like, Oh shit, we hit the wrong thing, whatever. And you know, <laughs> luckily it was pretty light and did not, you know, didn't break or whatever, but they're nice. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Fun to, get into i saw the uh price of the more expensive ones with the nice camera on it yeah i was like yeah we're gonna wait on that you know yeah i've never looked at the prices but i'm sure it, it gets up there yeah they get up there man there's like uh one of them i was looking at because i thought about doing the uh the ones where uh you basically take all these photos and picture or uh videos of like new homes um you know so you could do it for like real estate companies or big companies want their, uh, you know, like Michelin or whatever they're building. They want a drone shot from it, you know, and uh, and you can do those pictures and, you know, pretty much like contract work and make money that way. Oh, and nice. I was uh, so I was looking into one of those drones because I thought it was really cool to do. Yeah, and I like taking pictures and stuff. So uh, but yeah, it was very expensive. And there's definitely a learning curve, you know, learn how to fly it and <laughs> like, yeah, I'd have to practice on this cheap one a lot before you, you know, I make the jump to a $20,000 one. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. But it was huge, bro. This thing that I was looking at was this big white one. It was like, it had, I don't, I can't remember the size of the props on it, but they were big. Uh, and they had a ring around it, you know, protected kind of ring thing set up. And, um, but it was big enough to carry like a, what is that? Um, 
the cameras they use are like DSLR or something like that. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? The newer like 4K cameras and shit. And uh, yeah, they have like carry the, that. the ones that have that kind of like um, that mount, that like 360 kind of mount. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. I was like, okay, well, it's the cost of a car. I have to <laughs> make sure I don't wreck it. <laughs> yeah, they're cool though. Oh, yeah. Looks like you can do a lot with them, and they're starting to do that with these uh, Milsim events. Yeah. Yes, I'm like, I, I got back from this event, and then I, I had such a good time. Like, I'm already thinking about the next one. Nice. Yeah. I don't know. It, I So, I like, I play year-round, but my least favorite time to play Airsoft, I would say, is the summer. Just... Um, our weather's probably pretty similar to yours. Like it's just like hot and muggy here. Yeah. So like, I'm not, I don't know about like a whole weekend of just playing airsoft with it, like 90 degrees out with 90% humidity. <laughs> but um, like, I'm okay this time. Yeah. Like, or I'm okay in the summer going out for like a day, but I don't know about an event yet, but um, right. I know Valkyrie said that they had, I think they have one coming up um, in the next couple months, but um they have one, one that I was thinking about. I think it's December. It's at Black Ops, which is near where I was. It's in like okay. Fayetteville, but um, yeah, it's Black Ops. Like a lot of the players there were saying, like that's like the best field in that area, um, and it's big enough to hold like a big event like that. So yeah. maybe December would be the next one. Yeah, I've heard a couple guys mention that field. Yeah, the first guy that mentioned, I can't remember who it was. It was a a couple months ago said black ops. I was like, Oh, down here in South Carolina. He's like, no, cause we have one in Myrtle beach. Oh, okay. Black ops paintball. And, uh, but I guess they don't have a real big field. I guess the one up there that you're talking about, they, um, they have a real big field. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it looks, it looks really good. Like, um, so I think I said earlier, I was deciding between this Valkyrie game in North Carolina and an American mill sim that was like up and up state New York. So that field, um, Zulu 24, that looks like a pretty good field too, but I was not quite sure about like doing my first event at like a, at a field. It just, I don't know. It didn't seem like, um, I wanted to like buy a ticket when I could just like, when it's somewhere you could go like just for a skirmish. Yeah. But, um, the black ops like field looks like good enough that like, it looks like it would be a good enough event yeah, to like justify buying like a weekend ticket for that. Right. Yeah. That's a, uh, I guess. So this was your first, you said their first three day Milsim all the yeah. ones before you played is just uh, the one day. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I do. I do a lot of um, like Saturday or Sunday skirmishes. Um, I, there's like a variety of fields around where I am. Um, yeah. I have to travel a little bit, but like there is, Within an hour or two, there's a number of fields. So I'll play like just single day skirmishes. And then um, a lot, not a lot, but some of the fields will like a couple times a year do like a big one day game yeah. where it's just like bigger numbers of players. Like it's a, it's a higher entry fee, but like there's more objectives, more players. And it's just like a little more organized, which is good too. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to ask that because uh, most of the one-day things are like open plays, right? Yeah. So, like, 
the difference between like open play and like the one day, like I guess you would say op is like just like the size basically. And then yeah. like the, the organized ops, like, yeah, like you like doing a one day op, you're going to pay more than like the normal admission would cost. But usually they'll like, you'll get like a raffle ticket and there'll be like a raffle at the end. There'll be like yeah. better objectives. They'll be, they'll bring in larger crowds of people. Right. But like walk on just being like whoever shows up on a Saturday, whoever shows up on a Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, one of the guys I was talking to in, um, in the UK, he says the local field he plays at regular open play Saturday, there's 120 people mm. at the field to play on yeah. the normal. Yeah. It's like, bro, holy shit. Yeah. The, um, the one field I go to is is like that. So most of the fields I go to would be anywhere from like a small number to like 30 to 50 people. Yeah. Um, but one field just brings larger numbers. And that's a field in like in PA. So it's near like Lancaster, PA. So it's not too far up there. It's a, it's a doable drive for me. But they usually like when it's nice weather, I'd say at least like 200 yeah. Um, but the biggest one I've ever seen there was this past year they had, it was, it was just an open play, like no special advertising, nothing like just open play. And, um, I guess though it, it was the day after Christmas, they had like 500 people show up, Holy but, shit. um, yeah. And like, it wasn't a like special op. It wasn't like, like nothing special about it, just a yeah. regular open play, but, um, it is like probably the like the like the most popular field around here, and um, being the day after Christmas, like I'm sure a lot of people just wanted to try out their new toys. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and there's probably you know a lot of people are off work and school and all that kind of stuff. So right, it's wild. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's like Milsim numbers. These guys go to Milsim. It's like three, four hundred people. You know, yeah, hundred people on each side. But it's yeah, crazy. Yeah, so um, I'm I'm not a good judge of like counting numbers. Um, I, I could have asked, but uh, the the event this past weekend it was definitely smaller numbers. Um, like I guess you could tell, and people like did say that. I think I heard there was another event somewhere in the region that may have drawn some numbers away. Um, it was like okay. plenty of people for for a good airsoft game, but it was not like a it was not a huge number of people yeah okay sometimes that's probably good yeah on the on the uh, field and the uh, event or whatever now was this yeah. field pretty big like a lot of area to cover yeah it, yeah it's it it's huge i think it's like 80 acres they said oh damn um but like they they knew they had smaller numbers going into it so they took away I don't know how much, but like a certain amount of the field, they like shrunk it a little bit. Yeah. So like the area we played was gigantic, but there was even more apparently. <laughs> yeah. That is wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good when they have, uh, when you have a, uh, event coordinators or teams or whatever that set these up that know what they're doing, you know, they have experience, they know to, you know, do something like that, you know, shorten the field yeah. based on how many people they got. And then they have those cool objective things that make it interesting. Did they have a, um, a third faction at all or was it just the, oh, um, yeah. So that's a, that's a good question. They didn't, um, they were going to, 
And um, these these guys, Valkyrie, they they seemed to know what they like. They knew what they were doing. Um, like they shrunk the field to accommodate for the size, um, gotcha. and then going along with that, they took away the third faction because there oh, just wasn't okay. the numbers for it. But they adapted really well to everything, and like like I mentioned to the weather Saturday morning. Um, delaying it an hour was perfect. Like it was like it was a downpour. Like the first hour yeah. we were there, uh, like the registration. I mean, I registered the day before, but anyone who had to register a chrono, like it was all in like the pouring down rain. So like they they definitely made the right call by pushing it back an hour. Like no one was upset about that for sure. There was like a lot of people had uh like those pop up tents, and like a lot of them were just like blowing over in the parking lot. Oh shit. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. These guys, when they went to uh, one of their their first, I think it was their first milsim. They uh, and it wasn't in GTI; it was somewhere else. I think it was SQ mm-hmm. down here. And they, uh, it was the Vietnam event, so it was like a time period event where you had to have all that kind of gear. Okay. And those kind of, you know, you you couldn't take like a modern M4 style gun. So they had. Uh, the M16A1s, right, from Vietnam. They had that. It was pretty uh, uh, realistic, I guess, you know, like the the rules they had to have mid-caps. Yeah. Uh, they couldn't have, you know, high caps. They had to have mid-caps with 30-round uh, mags and all that kind of shit. Oh, wow, 30 rounds. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so whatever they had on them, you know, that was it. Mm-hmm. And then um, they went to that, and it was downpour the whole Ooh. weekend. <laughs> so they played uh they played through it cuz it would let up a little bit here and there when they came back you know it's not far from here so I knew it rained you know here mm-hmm. and they were like oh it rained super hard the whole weekend they had they actually shut it down early like saturday night or something because uh nobody they couldn't shoot it was raining so hard their BBs were just getting pal- you know pounded oh, by the rain wow. so uh they were miserable all their shit was soaked you know what's funny is their uh, M16A1s that they had, their AEGs, and they were to- like totally fine. Hmm. Nothing got wet inside of them, and they were dropping them, and you know, then they weren't submerged in water, but they were, uh, yeah, they were really good. Yeah, you don't want to submerge them, but like AEGs are surprisingly pretty resilient to the rain. Right. Like it does get to a point though, like if it's like a downpour, like. It's gonna the rain's gonna affect like how the BB flies, but um, yeah. As far as like getting water on it, it usually isn't an issue. Like, yeah, I thought the like the battery or the gearbox or something would get yeah shit in it, but it like, yeah, uh, it was fine. Yeah, like usually when I play, I'll keep my um uh I'll just uh I can't even think of what it is the port the bullets come out of. Like usually I'll um keep that oh, open, just like yeah. Yeah. Just like, just like, so it's like more realistic. I'll keep that open, but if it's raining, I'm going to keep it closed just so it's a little extra protection because the yeah. water would go through there into the gearbox. And then like the motor grip, you don't want to get like the bottom of your motor grip wet because the motor is right in there. You don't want to get right. water on that. But besides that, it's, they're pretty resilient. You can put those, uh, you can put a condom on it mm, on the end of yeah. it. Like you've seen in those movies, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like they did in world war two. Yeah. Yep. Put a rubber condom on the end of your uh, on the end of your rifle and just shoot through it, <laughs> and it'll cover the, you know, it'll it'll keep the uh, the end 
dry, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, talking about weather, one thing that was pretty interesting about the field, I guess, was, um, Saturday, like I wasn't super worried about the rain because I knew it was just going to be like a morning thing and then clear up. But one thing I'm always like when, it, when I'm about to play like the day before, or like when I know some type of events coming up, I always check the weather for like the wind. Um, mm. cause like a, a windy day will ruin airsoft like at a point, like, I mean, it's not like a look, like sure. it has to be a certain amount, but if you're up to like 15, 20 mile per hour winds, like your BBs are going to be flying unless you have like Everywhere. some heavyweight BBs. Right. But, um, the weather was saying that it was like anywhere, like from like 18, 19, 20 mile per hour gusts. And I, I guess it was that gusty, yeah. but the way the field was like the trees, like the, the tall pine trees just like really broke the wind up. Like BBs like flying from the wind just like wasn't an issue. Like it wasn't even noticeable with that wind being in effect. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. We have a open, our backyard's real open. And mm -hmm. so all the neighbors and stuff or you know, all the land up here on the, on the backside, the wind always comes this way. And uh, so we're in the back mm -hmm. we're shooting. We have to shoot with the wind behind us because uh, we've tried shooting, you know, setting up the targets basically like perpendicular to our house, you know, the back mm -hmm. of the house with a crosswind. No, cause it's, you're not even hitting the target because <laughs> it'll be like a gust of wind, you know, it's calm. And then you start shooting and the wind goes and we're like, Oh Jesus. Yeah. So then we, we had to start uh, shooting with the wind at our back, you know, setting up the target in a different location or whatever. Right. But, uh, yeah. I learned real fast. Cause we, you know, when we do these reviews, we're testing them with point twos uh, for like the chrono. So then we just leave the twos in there to yeah. see how it shoots like that. But uh, later on, as we started getting, I guess, you know, learning more about it, we would switch to like, okay, what's the most common that you guys use on the field? You know, like two fives, two, whatever, three twos or whatever. So we would start switching them out and mm -hmm. testing, you know, the like target shooting with the heavier BBs. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the snipers, you know, the snipers right. we got, we, we, cause you can't, you can't really set the, uh, the hop up for a sniper for point twos. Like it just doesn't no. work right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like shooting the sky. Yeah. For real. <laughs> and it's very inconsistent. You know, as soon as right. we, I, I remember the, uh, the one video or the one gun, I, I think it was, VSR 10 or something like that, or I don't know, but, um, we were shooting and we were like, this thing sucks, bro. Like it was, <laughs> it was so inconsistent. We can't even hit the target a <laughs> hundred feet. And that's not very far. Right. And, uh, and we have one of those big, uh, I don't know. I can't remember the size of it, but it was, uh, you know, pretty big, um, kind of a marking target. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's like a splatter target. So it has yeah. like black, and then, it and then like, like the yellow shows up. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. Uh, we couldn't even hit it. <laughs> and uh, it was all over the place. So, you know, we're watching and we're like, nope, that went like this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're messing with it, messing with the hop up and everything. We finally put, uh, we're like, fuck this, man. Christian said, let's just go up in BB way. Let's just keep going up and see yeah. what it shoots, you know. We filmed the whole thing and, and actually put it on our video, I think, uh, 
based on the BB weight we were using to see how it got. And I think the, uh, I think the four, four O's were like the best ones. Once nice. we got up there, it was like really consistent. And then we could actually adjust the hop up because it was shooting like this. Yeah. And then we're like, Oh, okay. We adjusted it. And then it was, you know, really straight. So yeah, yeah. some of those in the, you got to have heavier BBs yeah. on the field, you know? Yeah. Um, like the lightest I'll pretty much use now is like three twos. Gotcha. Um, but like I started with two fives and then two eights and then went up to threes. And then it was like, once I got our hops and two of my guns, like I needed three twos at least. Gotcha. It just seems to like those. And actually what's interesting too, I have, um, an AAP one mm. and it has, so it has like a, I'm not even like completely sure about all the upgrades. I, I, traded it with someone at the field um but there is like an upgraded bucking and hop up itself but like that for like a pistol which i wasn't used to like usually in a pistol i'll just throw two fives in it and that's it but um this aap01 like it doesn't like anything lighter than a 3-2 like which is new to me for a pistol yeah but like it just doesn't hop them right but like the three twos like it it shoots them far (laughs) really yeah yeah that's cool yeah, it's, it's so it's got like a um, it's called a TDC hop up, like top dead center. Oh right. Um, which is I think similar to like what like a, you would put in like a VSR ten or like other sniper rifles. Yeah. Um, but it's just like a different type of hop, but it, it's very interesting. It 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 shoots like amazingly far for something with such a short barrel. It was uh, <laughs> Todd brought one over. Uh, one of the guys that lives close to us. He's been in a couple of videos. He actually. Uh, him and I were talking, this is last year. He's like, yeah, I got an AAP-01. I was like, dude, come over and we're going to, you know, we'll do a review on it. You could show us all the stuff on it. And, uh, and I think he had tapped it mm-hmm. or I can't remember. Or tapped the mag. I think so. Yeah. 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 That's what it was. So, and then he had one of those, um, drum mag conversion. I forget what it's called. Uh, but anyway, there's like a conversion thing that you put in a pistol where it has a, a convert. It's a um, like an M4 type of adapter. Oh, yeah. So adapter. you click an M4 mag into the bottom. Correct. Yeah. And it, it has, has like an HPO ho- HPA hose also. Yes. Yeah. That's what he had on there. Nice. And, uh, <laughs> so we were shooting that in the backyard. We got that on video. He was, uh, and you know, it's that's a lot of fun. The first oh, yeah. time he let us borrow it was like a couple months before Mm -hmm. and he had just gotten it. And I guess there was an issue with something in the hammer and, uh, something with the trigger in the hammer or whatever. We broke it on the video. We broke it. (laughs) (laughs) So we're sitting there shooting and, uh, we're doing like some burst rounds or burst fire. And, uh, and it just stopped. And, was screwed up and we were like, Oh shit, we broke your gun, bro. We're sorry. Yeah. So he wasn't here with us when it broke. So, uh, we told him, we actually said it on the video as well. So then he upgraded all the parts in it. And then he, that's when he did all the, you know, that mag adapter thing. And, yeah. uh, so then he came over and we tried it again. He's like, yeah, go full auto. Yeah. I was like, Oh, we don't want to break it again. He's like, no man, that's, you know, I got a good one in there. So, uh, it was fun. Yeah, those things are really cool for, especially for how cheap they are. 
Yeah. Just out of the box. Yeah. And they, they have a ton of like aftermarket parts for them. So like the, the hammer assembly and like some of the other stuff related to that on most of those like full auto pistols, that's like always an issue like on Glock 18s or like um, the Breda, like M93, like any of those full auto pistols, they're made to shoot full auto, but most of them, like there's something in there that can't handle it. I think it's usually like the hammer assembly, but you can get like a stainless steel replacement one and it'll hold up. It's fine. That's what he had to get. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, I'm trying to think what uh, what the best pistol we had was that we've reviewed. We had the uh, Novrich, like the whatever the Mark 23 equivalent is. You know, yeah, it's a non blowback, right? You're like I silent one. I loved it. These guys <laughs> didn't like it because it was you know it was really light and uh, it didn't have the blowback feature. Mm-hmm. But uh, I loved it because. It was because of those things. Yeah. Uh, and it shot like a fucking rifle. <laughs> like it was shot <laughs> far, you know? Yeah. And it was super quiet. Nice. Yeah, a friend of mine, um, I don't know if I'll have to ask him next time I see him. He just sent me a text and like showed me a picture. But um, I don't know if he was like in the market for this exactly, but his girlfriend just bought him the SSE 18, which is an AEP, like an, an electric pistol. Oh, and, okay. uh, I, I've never used one and it yeah. doesn't seem like it's really my thing, but he's like, he's, it sounds like it wasn't really his thing either, but he's pretty surprised at like how well the thing works. Yeah. Like it, he's like, it uses a tiny little battery. Um, so I don't know how long it lasts, but like you said, it shoots pretty far and pretty accurate. We got one in a mystery box, mm-hmm. AEP or whatever. Yeah. I had never seen one. This is a few months into our channel. So we had gotten tons of mystery boxes. I didn't even know they made an electric pistol. Right. So I was like, there's no way this thing. So, you know, it's so t- How would they fit? The, Where like, do you put a gearbox? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, I think it was an H and K type of setup or whatever, mm-hmm. or replica. And the battery was really small. Really thin. It kind of looked like a uh, 7.4 LiPo, you know, one of the thin ones. Yeah. And uh, it had connection, you know, or, or um, you know, the connectors basically like uh, the contacts. It didn't mm-hmm. have a connector. It just slid in uh, to the top. Huh. So there was a like, kind of like a bay door almost, you know, that would open and you'd slide it in on an angle. Yeah. Put the, you know, put it back on or whatever. And um, it would run from that. I can't remember what voltage it was. Uh, matter of fact, uh, the podcast I did with uh, Keeper, mm-hmm. I was talking about that because he said, you know, he had a AP. He was, you know, he was talking. It was one of his guns he had that he was explaining about. And I was like, yeah, those things kind of suck, right? Like the, <laughs> the one we got, you know, the the battery, it's just like it, it barely shoots. You know, it wasn't that great. It doesn't last long. He's like, no, that's because you use the original battery. You got to upgrade to this, you know, huh. you use a different battery. And I was like, oh, I didn't know. Okay. You know, man, he goes on, yeah. you know, he knows all this shit. So he was yeah. like, yeah, if you, uh, if you change the battery out, it thing shoots great. You know, you can, uh, I was like, oh, okay. That's kind of cool. Cause it's a great alternative 
from green gas because yeah. green gas is so finicky with the like it's got to be a hundred degrees out for your right. bags to work right if you're yeah. you know if you reload it really quickly or whatever or just swap the mag and it's like the shit's so cold yeah like um yeah a, like if, if you live in a colder climate or somewhere that has like a long winter like actually where i am we have a we have a decently long winter like there's a few months at least where green gas isn't going to work so like there is yeah. there is a use for aeps um which is i think what like novridge was going for like trying to make one that like works well and i he, mm. he probably did what he wanted like my friend said the thing is pretty cool so um, that's a novridge gun you know the one he got the ssb 18 it's oh, okay. it's like a it, i guess it's like a glock type pistol but novridge's version of the aap yeah um but yeah, actually, yeah. So I pretty much like I've I've resigned to like I'll just run a green gas pistol like when the weather permits and I'm okay with that. Like yeah. once um once it's winter like December, January, February, like I, I'll just forget about a pistol. Like no big deal. I don't need it. Yeah. I used to try and use like a green gas pistol. Um, like I have a I have a CZP09 that takes um red not green gas that takes CO2. Yeah, but I kind of gave up on that. Like CO two is, it's hard to keep up on like the O rings, like keeping them lubed up. Mm. Um, CO two being so dry, like eventually, if you don't do a good job of like maintaining your seals, you'll put a silt like one of those CO two cylinders and it just shoots out, and it's like oh, uh, that that mag's busted, and like I don't really have the patience to put O rings in. Yeah. So I'm like, I I bought a green gas mag for that pistol just to use it when I can, but um. I'll just stick to green gas, like when, when weather permits. But, uh, that, that was, um, an interesting thing playing in a different region too. this past weekend. A lot of people surprisingly had, um, gas blowback, like green gas guns, like rifles too. That's um, you do see that sometimes at fields where I'm at, but like yeah. really not that common. Like you see plenty of green gas pistols, but like, People having full rifle setups, like I saw scars and M4s, MP7s, like, and they had all the green gas mags they needed. Like, that's not very common where I play. Right. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's uh, that's becoming a. I I feel like it's becoming a more popular thing. At least what I've been seeing, like online. Yeah. Is, uh, people are looking for the you know GBBRs or whatever because almost everyone I talk to in the UK, they they either know someone or, you know, play with somebody that like most yeah. people on their field have gas right. like rifles. And I was like, really? I don't like these guys. I've never seen one. We've, we've never gotten one mm -hmm. in, a, in a mystery box. They yeah. these guys have never bought one. And, uh, so one of the guys I was talking to, uh, I think it was Sagers, Sam Sagers. And, uh, he was talking about, him and his buddy were running one of those and they were doing a, uh, the gameplay. They were the part that they were playing in. Uh, they ran inside a building. So they were taking over this area and it was kind of like an old, some kind of old, either a school or a hospital or something like that. And, uh, long hallways. Mm -hmm. So enemies down at the other end, these two guys, you know, him and his friend are on, on either side of the, the hallway and they start shooting their gas blowbacks. I can't remember what uh, kind of rifle they had. They were both gas blowback. Mm. He said it was so loud. <laughs> that these guys down here weren't even trying to peek out the shoot. 
<laughs> like, nope, uh-uh, we ain't getting out there. It was just like echoing in the walls, you know? So, wow. Yeah. He said they love, you know, they, those guys love it because the, uh, it feels, you know, you get that recoil. It's way yeah. different than an AEG, you know, which is really light. And Yeah. I, I kind of want to get one like just for shooting in the backyard or shooting for fun. Yeah. But, um, I guess the downsides to those are like the price point is one. Like, right. I don't think there's a big difference in like buying the rifle itself, but like those mags are pretty expensive. And um, I think most gas blowback mags like hold like 30, maybe a little more max. So like on an AEG, like each one of your mid caps is going to have probably 150 rounds. But like with a gas blowback mag, you're only getting 30 per mag. And that's like a big difference for airsoft. Yeah, Yeah, you got to have a ton of mags if you're going to. Yeah. You know. Yeah, like the. um so this event, the Valkyrie event, there was no restriction on how many mags you had, but you had to have mid caps. Gotcha. Um, but uh, yeah, I I like I run 150 round mid caps. Okay. And I've heard people say that um, every like, if you're comparing like shooting a rifle to an airsoft gun, like every bullet is like equivalent to like three airsoft BBs. So you would need like three BBs to get the accuracy of like one bullet. Or like, or maybe that means like to get a shot on target, you would need three for every one bullet you would need. Oh, I got you. So if you times like three BBs times 30, like they kind of come out pretty similar. Oh, I got you. So like a 150 round airsoft mag, you're going to land about as many shots as like a 30 round rifle mag. Yeah, because you got to see where where the first one's going and then adjust. Yeah. I got you. So it takes like three BBs to hit your, your mark. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, because yeah. it's uh, you're not really using sights, you know. Right. To actually, <laughs> you know, <laughs> put it exactly where the sight is. It's not going to go there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, speaking about uh, like watching the BB. Um, so the the second game on Saturday, the the first couple hours of it were like daylight, and then the sun went down. Um, so I put, I got one of my rifles, I put a tracer on it and that was my first time ever using a tracer. So that was like a ton of fun. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. The night game didn't last as long. Like people there were saying that like, sometimes the night games are like a little sparsely, um, attended. Like mm. by that point, people just like go home or rest up for the next one or whatever. Right. But um, there's probably like a good, I probably had a good like 30 to 45 minutes of play time, like in the dark, which was good. Okay. Um, definitely difficult. Like, and I didn't, uh, I didn't come across anyone that had nods, but I've heard like at some events you go to, there's pretty much like people playing like with regular stuff. And then the people with the nods are just like slaughtering everybody. <laughs> but like, yeah. That well, that didn't that didn't appear to be happening at least where I was on the field. Like I didn't notice anybody with them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just a lot of people using flashlights, some tracers. But um, it did. Get, I mean, it's it's. I find it pretty funny, but like it it did get pretty hazardous. Like come the night game, because it's like so muddy and it's a junkyard. Like um, so there was. I don't think there was any major injuries 
at the game, which is great. Like safety is important, but uh, yeah, like, and actually they give out awards at the end. And one of the awards is like the worst, like the worst injury of the event. And like the person that won, it came down to two people who were like comparing like really small bruises. So like it shows it was a safe event. Like nobody sure. got really hurt. But um, it was kind of surprising because, like, there, like, it's a junkyard. Like, there's just right. like rusted metal and glass yeah. and sharp like, metal sticking out. Yeah, there's hazards everywhere. So, like, right. night the night came came and like, I mean, it was hazardous during the day, but like nighttime, you can't see where you're walking. You're just, just yeah. like, oh god, <laughs> <laughs> for real. But uh, I yeah, I never I I think I got like I bruised my um arm up a little bit here yeah, I, can see that, I, yeah. I think i fell at one point um i was trying to medic someone or trying to get to someone to drag them to be medicked and i just mm. ate shit basically landed on my forearms <laughs> nice. but um the only like the only real hazardous part i remember there was basically this pile of junk like it was just an area of woods there were some cars off to the side and um we were kind of going backwards away from the enemy to like regroup. And as we're going back, we are like basically going over this giant pile of junk, just like scattered metal and debris. And we came under fire. So like my reaction was to run, but it was like, no, like I, I'm not going to like fall on this, like scrap metal and like really fuck myself up. Right. So, uh, so I'm just going to like, if I get hit, I get hit. And I'm going to slowly, walker of this pile of debris and that's what i yeah. did i did i did get hit but it was like it's not worth like a giant gash over god bb's no. <laughs> especially i mean you you better go get a tetanus shot bro <laughs> right <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's no joke man people don't realize these uh you know a little uh cut that is you know if you got cut on friday yeah and you're like oh it's real small but it's kind of deep and whatever you got cut with, sharp metal that's rusted or whatever, yeah, that shit gets infected in like 24 hours. Yeah, you know, yeah. it starts the infection. Yeah, and like you got to take care of that shit right away. You oh know, yeah, the, you know, I mean, you can be tough all day. Like when you're, you know, out in the field and you're, you know, these guys that are military, they're trained. You know, they still got to take care of the wounds. Uh, right. Depending on what it is and where it's at, whatever. Like. You got to clean that shit out pretty, pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, and like being in like a wet environment, like you don't want to, right. you want to keep it dry too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, playing in the mud, you know, trucking through the mud, uh, carrying a bunch of gear and shit yeah. is, uh, on uneven terrain, uh, yeah. especially on familiar terrain. Uh, it really adds, uh, a huge factor to, you know, it, it slows you down a lot. Oh, it's yeah. a lot of work. <laughs> yeah yeah so i'll i will say like um first like first thing saturday like getting there to the field like off the bat like the parking lot was like a muddy disaster like there was some gravel but there was a lot of mud and like puddles of water and like you would see people like kind of tiptoeing around the puddles or like trying to go through like the safest yeah. path but then like once the game starts like that goes out the window. Like no one gives a shit anymore. And like yeah. most of the, like you would end up um, walking, I don't know, between two cars or between trees and a car, or whatever. And your only path is like half a foot of like just water. So like, you're just going to walk through it at that point. 
Like it's the only way. So you're just going to do it and you get used to it. Oh yeah. But I was, I was so happy. Like I, um, I've used these boots, like the morel hiking boots, like for a while now I've used them in rain, but I've never like tested them in like such a wet environment, but they held up like a hundred percent. That's like, good. Going through just straight water and like my feet staying dry was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. When these guys went to that event, they were like, Oh, we got to get the next one just prep for the rain stuff. We got to get all this, you know, kind of like tents and covers and tarps and yeah, like a cot to not sleep on the ground. And I'm like, why you, why? Like, <laughs> it's just rain, bro. Like you're not, you're out there for three days, you know, two and a half days, you know? Yeah. Like you're not going to get hurt by being what you could be wet, even your boots, like in your, yeah. you know, your feet could you won't stay get wet. trench foot in two days. No, not in two days. <laughs> like, you could be wet a hundred percent of the time, a hundred percent wet for two and a half days. And, uh, I mean, you're not submerged in water. I mean, you know, floating in the ocean is different obviously, but yeah, for two and a half days, but, uh, you know, <laughs> out there on the field, you're not, yeah, you you'll be fine. Like it's just water, bro. It's like why right. are you trying to get out of it so much? Just just accept it. Just get in there and cuz you can't keep dry. Like you might have a dry tent, you might have a dry spot. You do all this work to, you know, get it to where the wind's not going to blow it down and all that kind of shit. Right. But you're not you're not playing in the tent. You got to <laughs> get out on the yeah. field. So you're going to get wet anyway. Who cares? Yeah. Like just accept it. Just get in there. Like, you know, yeah. it's like jumping in a cold pool. Just get it over with and then right. just stay wet the whole time and don't fucking worry about it. But, uh, you know, they're like, no, we got to get, I mean, y'all are, dude, come on now. It's just, <laughs> why, why are you worried about getting wet? <laughs> well, it's uncomfortable. Like, okay. But, uh, you know, this is in the summer, you know, so it's like, you know, still like 75 at night. Oh, you're not, you're not going to, you're not going to freeze. Right. <laughs> not, you, you barely even get cold. You yeah. Know, you know, but yeah, so I, I know it's uncomfortable with your shoes being wet, mm -hmm. but it ain't a big deal, you know? Right. You can survive it. For sure. Yeah. So there was, um, I, so I stayed in a hotel, but there was, um, uh, not a lot. There was probably like two or three campsites that camped. I think most of the people either live pretty close, like close enough to go home in between games gotcha. or in between days. But um, there were like two or three like tents that camped there. And I don't know how they did it. Like it was, I think it was in the forties, like the one night and it yeah. was just like cold rain, like downpour all night. Yeah. But they did it. <laughs> that is uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> for real yeah get up in the middle of the night and you got your you know camis on or whatever and you go to unbutton your or unzip or whatever take a piss your fingers don't work right because they're cold <laughs> and wet you're right. like eh, they're numb you know <laughs> like oh i gotta piss you can't do your zipper or some shit <laughs> oh yeah that that can uh you know that the weather really can make or break one of those weekend events yeah you know and, you know, sometimes it's fun, you know, being playing in the mud like that when it's not too miserable. Yeah. You know, it sounds like I'm, that's kind of what it was. Yeah. I'm glad I got some exposure to, to that for sure. Because yeah. um, it's not going to be like perfect weather every time you go out. Sure. But um, not weather related, but kind of nature related. One thing that was new to me, I guess, is like I just usually don't play at this time of day, but um beginning of the second game 
So it was probably like four or five. I can't remember exactly because everything got pushed back since they delayed the first game an hour. But it was like, I don't know, an hour or two before sunset. So the sun was in that um, position where it's not high up in the sky, but it's low enough where depending on which way you're facing, the sun's in your face and you can't see shit. So I never thought about that. I've never had that problem playing airsoft, but the, um, the CEO of our team was like, all right, guys, we're at the disadvantage today. Like sun's in our face. And like, it was like, did not ever, I, I didn't, I didn't expect it cause I've never had that happen before, but, uh, yeah. it was tough, like engaging people and you just can't see shit cause the sun's yeah. blinding you. But, uh, um, did you guys have uh, like, uh, shaded or, you know, tinted goggles or anything? No, I, I didn't. Um, actually, but, uh, just today, um, when I got home from work today, I had an Amazon package waiting in the mail. I just got a new lens for my dye mask. Um, okay. So I got a tinted lens now. Yeah. Um, not like specific for that. Um, I think, I mean, tint, I think I definitely wanted to try tinted. Like it'll help for sunny days. Sure. But um, this is my old lens. It was just like a clear one. So this is what I was playing with. But I just bought the lens. This one has gotten pretty scratched up. And um, I also noticed, like, I had never had problem with fogging on, like, my dye mask before, mm-hmm. but it was fogging pretty bad at that, like, entire event. Um, the humidity. And most, the rain. <laughs> yeah. Like, at most parts, it wasn't, like, obstructing my whole view. It would just be, like, the top or, like, the peripherals would be fogging. Yeah. But um, eventually on Sunday, it was bad enough that I just switched to my goggles, but the goggles didn't fog. So I figured I'd try a new lens, um, see if that would help, because this old lens was kind of old. Um, and, yeah, this one at least, even if it has the same issues, it's not as scratched up. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, it looks cool, too. Yeah. Actually, what's what's funny, so this um, this mask is called, like, their smoke one. I guess, like, the color on the bottom is, like, smoke. Yeah. But this the smoke um mask comes with like a clear lens, but <laughs> this lens is called like their smoke lens. Like so the smoke like the smoke mask doesn't come this, with Yeah, the smoke, smoke mask doesn't come with the smoke lens. That's weird. Yeah, but I think it looks better <laughs> like that too. Well, I think a lot of people the clear is it does look better. But I think the clear is probably more popular because people uh if they play like outdoor and then go into a building yeah. You can't really, you know, you're not going to see very well, even in the daytime inside right. the building with the uh, tinted, you know, it's hard to right. adjust. Yeah. They need to make those uh, visors like that with uh, that self tinting, you know? Oh yeah. That'd be so Material. cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've also, I, I wanted to get, um, I don't know what the name is exactly. I think die calls them like their HD lens. But basically, like the yellow lens, um, yeah. it would look horrible on my mask, so I didn't get it. But, uh, <laughs> but like I think that like it's so you're looking through like yellow all the time. But I think it helps with the sun. But like it works indoors really well yeah. too, so you get like the best of both worlds. I used to have uh, shooting glasses mm-hmm. uh, that were like that, and you go yeah. outside, man, and it's you think that it's gonna like you're gonna have to squint because of the sun, but it, however it works. It works just like sunglasses, like yeah. But uh, it keeps everything bright. 
like it is, it brightens everything up. And when you come indoors, you don't, you don't have to take them off. You can still see, you know, just as well. Yeah. The yeah. That, yeah. Like that's like, that's perfect. Right. It would just look, it would look so bad with that mask I showed you. It would look terrible. <laughs> get a, uh, get a black one and then it could be black and yellow, you know? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the girls I talked to in the UK, Vixen, she had, uh, she was building a black and red kind of gear setup or whatever. Mm -hmm. So she had a dye mask. She had, the mask was red and then she had the tinted or, uh, no, it wasn't tinted. It was uh, mirrored, but it still oh, okay. had a dark tinted, you know, thing. But, uh, and then her, I want to say it was a high Kappa, but I can't remember. Her pistol was black and red. Beautiful, beautiful nice. uh, setup. She actually has a picture on her Instagram of the mask and then the uh, gun sitting there next to it. Oh, cool. And it's really, really cool. But uh, she was talking about that. Like, I know it's not practical because I'm going to stick out like a sore thumb, but I don't yeah. care. It looks yeah. badass. You know, I was like, nice. you know, because that's, she likes those colors, you know, the color scheme or whatever. It looked cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. There was, um, I'm trying to think. There's always I, I do like I love go. That's one of the cool things about um, going to like skirmishes is you come across like very interesting kits and loadouts. Yeah. Like playing at the playing at the mill sim, like it was either green camo or tan camo, and that was that was a good thing because like it made I've never played where it's so easy to differentiate mm. between friend and foe. Like usually that's a problem gotcha. at like most games I go to if you're playing with like armbands or, or like nothing. But, um, yeah, like sometimes just going to an open play, you'll find like the most random stuff people come out in. Yeah. Like you name it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I saw this, uh, there was a, um, I can't remember who hosted it, but it was out in California. They had pictures of like four, three or four different teams. Right. And then, uh, they were doing like a, you could vote, you know, see who was, they were putting up a vote or a poll as to which team looked better. And all these teams were like, uh, I mean, they had some crazy looking outfits, you know? Oh, wow. And one of them was a uh, black and red, but they're like, they had some wild looking, it was almost kind of cosplay-ish. Yeah. To be honest. Uh, their pants were really flared out, mixed with black and red. Uh, they had something on their helmets. I can't remember what it was. It looked really cool. That was the team I actually voted for. Uh, but all the, all the different teams had this different kind of like uh, uniform setup that looked pretty fucking cool, you know? Nice. So there's a lot of that stuff coming out where they're, you know, people are incorporating some different uh, colorful kind of flamboyant and uh, mm -hmm. different kind of, you know, outfits for yeah. Microsoft. Obviously, it's not practical for like a mill sim where you're trying to, you know, use cover and concealment right. uh, and blend in. But <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> but those one day events where like you're talking, you know, hey, just go out there and whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of kit, like just in time for this event, like I think I like, have my kit pretty squared away to like where it's really working well. I just, um, incorporated a battle belt. Like I hadn't used one at all. I, like I, 
pretty much on my belt. I would just use like a regular belt and maybe put my holster on one side and that would be it. Okay. But now I have like the holster like permanently on the battle belt with like three M4 mags on the side um, and a dump pouch. And it just like, it was, it was perfect. Nice. So just like the belt and the plate carrier was, was perfect for the game. Yeah. Uh, um, Gunfather Milsim actually just did a video on that where he showed his battle belt set up and everything mm -hmm. and taking it off and, you know, laying it down and had all his stuff on it, whatever, and how it stayed, you know, and it stayed in the holster and the pistol did. And I think, uh, Sam Sager is one of the guys that did one, uh, who that that's when I was talking about earlier. He's in Belgium. Yeah. That's what it was. So he, uh, he does that as well. He'll nice. show like his setup on his belt and where he moves things, you know, where he puts it. And he does a lot of really good videos on uh, Instagram where he does, uh, where he shows, Hey, I know this is like the normal where to, you know, place to put this one thing, but I'm going to, I'm going to show you how I think it can be better. Yeah. You know? So he was talking about, and he'll go through step-by-steps on how to set up your belt mm. and put this over here because of this. And he'll actually go through the steps and show yeah. you why it's better. It's pretty cool. But yeah, those, uh, those belts are really useful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of made me think about, um, I'm happy where I am now, but um, it made me think about, like, with all this stuff on my waist, like, I don't, like, it makes me feel like I don't need the plate carrier as much, like, maybe even going more minimalist with, like, a, with just, like, a chest ring to hold a few pouches mm -hmm. or whatever, um, which seems to be pretty popular, like, it seems like chest rings are becoming more popular than plate carriers. I think so, too. Yeah, like I, I like it. Um, I have like I have a decent plate carrier. It's got like foam plates that keep the shape. I think it looks really cool, but it just like it's not completely necessary. Yeah, because like you could, I could get a chest ring that could hold everything it's holding, and it's just going to be lighter and just less cumbersome. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to have a good setup. Have yeah, gear situated <laughs> on the field, you know. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. What uh? So outside of airsoft, what do you do on the weekends that you don't play? The weekends like I don't do? play. Um, so right now is like getting to be like um, beginning of like fishing season for me. Mm. So that actually. Um, Probably the next couple months, I'll be probably doing that more on the weekends than airsoft. I would say. Yeah. What do you uh, What do you like to fish for? Um. So around me, I guess uh, most of what I'd go for would be just bass, um, largemouth, and smallmouth. Definitely a lot more largemouth around here. Yeah. Um. But like the smallmouth, they put up a bigger fight, so they're. They're just a lot more fun to catch, in really? my opinion. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. They're I'm not like an experienced fishermen. I've I've been fishing, you know, most of my life, just here and there, growing up with it and stuff like that. But uh, as an adult, yeah, I'm not really. I fished a few times, taught my kids how to fish, but just real yeah. basic shit, you know. Yeah, some fish just put up a bigger fight than others. Like, um, uh, there's this one fish. It's a nasty looking thing called like a. It's called like a chain pickerel. Um, the fuck. But have you heard of like a pike? Yeah. Like, so like that long fish, it kind of has teeth. Yeah. So these are almost like a smaller version of that. They like, these also have teeth. Yeah. Um, so you have to be careful when you're taking the lure out. 
but they're just like a nasty bony, like long, nasty bony fish with teeth. Um, but when Their you hook name one of those, stupid, bro. Yeah, but when you when you hook one of those, you know it because it puts up no fight. Like you basically hook it, you feel something's on there, but you reel it in instantly. Like it, they're just like, uh, they're they're. It's Jesus. never fun to catch one of those. It's just it's no fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's boring as shit. Yeah, but like a a, a smallmouth, like. I don't know, like a little small mouth will put up like a bigger fight than like a larger, large mouth. will. yeah. Which is cool. Well, I, uh, when I was growing up, we had a lot of catfish in the, mm-hmm. you know, like smaller ponds and stuff in Northeast Ohio. Yeah. And, uh, I went, uh, fishing in when we went to uh, Lake Erie, I, I caught, I was a teenager. I caught, uh, my first Northern Pike. Oh, this wow. thing to me, it was giant. You know, I don't remember how big it was. They do get was, big, bro. It was the hardest. <laughs> I mean, that was the biggest fish I had ever caught at that yeah. point. And I, I thought my line was going to break. It put up such a fight. I couldn't believe, you know, we reeled it in and this thing, you know, that long snout with all those teeth and it <laughs> felt really cool to catch that thing. But I'm going to tell you the, uh, the ones that for us, that put up the biggest fights were these small little, what we called bluegill, mm. uh, you know, fish or whatever. I guess they're equivalent to like, uh, we have bluegill here. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have bluegill down here yeah. in South Carolina. We have brim, they call them brim, but they mm. look just like a bluegill, uh, as far as the style, but they're a little thicker, mm. uh, and they're like dark Brown. Yeah. You know? But, uh, those, for some reason, those like wide, or long, I, I don't know which, you know, the high kind of like flat, thin, flat fish like that, like the yeah. bluegills and the brim, they, uh, maybe it's because of how their body's designed. Man, oh, they put yeah. Up a shit ton of fight. You know? Yeah. So, like any type of anything like really flat, they just use that like as resistance. Like, right. um, when I was a kid, we were at, we were at the beach fishing off of a pier and we would hook these, um, I don't know what the specific type, but some type of stingray, whatever stingray is like native to Maryland. Mm. But like, just cause they're so flat, like it was like pulling up an anchor, like, cause <laughs> it was just resistance of water. Right. And then even like, um, like flounder, w- one of the hardest fish I ever reeled in was a tiny flounder. Like it wasn't even big. Mm. It felt like it was a monster, but like the flounder, they're so flat and like their eyes as they evolve or get older, transition to one side and they basically like they don't swim like a normal fish like everything moves to one side and when you when you hook one of them they'll like suction cup to the bottom and they'll use like their flatness like as like a suction cup so you're just like pulling against a suction cup basically oh my god that's (laughs) wild i don't think i've ever seen one of those yeah yeah flounder and flounder tastes really good too really yeah so what your so when you catch like uh, the smallmouth bass and stuff, do you uh, if you get some big enough ones, do you cook them up? No. Um, oh, okay. Or at least like I won't I won't do like bass like that. But um, if ever like I don't have a boat, but like if I go out with someone that does, like um, uh, the Chesapeake Bay is right by me, so um, mm. there's a lot of uh, rockfish or like or they're called striped bass. So like it's just a huge bass like with stripes on it, but those those are good fish to eat. Like and you, you can get those like in restaurant in restaurants uh, okay. here too. Yeah, 
Yeah. I've had catfish. I've mm-hmm. had uh, a couple things. I had shark when I was in Okinawa. Yeah. Um, squid, octopus, all that, you know, shit like that when I was yeah. overseas. But uh, regular fish, I think, uh, like salmon, you know, normal kind of shit like that. Right. And, um, but as far as like catching stuff that we cooked, it was mostly, uh, we did catfish and, uh, perch. Yeah. Yellow perch or white perch. Yeah. The problem with those is they're kind of lean. Right. So you have to catch a shit ton to get, you know, any kind of meat off of them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I remember one time me and a buddy caught a bunch of, we caught like really small catfish and we kept them. We probably shouldn't have looking back on it, but uh, we caught like six or seven like catfish, but they were so small. We had like a few like catfish nuggets out of it and it just like wasn't even worth it by the time That's we cleaned them. Like, we, we just wasted a bunch of time cleaning them for nothing. Right. Well, you learned some. <laughs> you learn some, you know? Yeah. Especially because those bottom feeders like carp, we used to have a, uh, uh, a lot of carp in our ponds and stuff and rivers down here or uh, in, in Ohio where I grew up. So you catch a carp. I don't know what other name they go by, but we called them carp. They'd have mm-hmm. like orange carp and stuff like that. They were similar to like a catfish kind of yeah. look. But they're bottom feeders. So they have that mud vein, you know. Right. Uh, you'd have to rip out or cut out or whatever. And uh, – yeah, I, you know, when we were teenagers, we'd catch a bunch of catfish and carp, and sometimes we would cut the vein out the right way, and sometimes we wouldn't, and then you're just crunching like you're eating sand when you're eating the fish. Uh. <laughs> I mean, we're young. We didn't care. You know, we're like, yeah, we got this fish, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice. So you – uh. Have you always liked fishing when you, uh, like you started when you were, you know, a kid and how'd you get into that? Um, I actually didn't really get into it until probably like early on in high school. Like my friends were really into it and, um, I used to, um, I would, I would just go out with them and, uh, I guess that was like, I mean, at that time, like it was interesting cause I, I did enjoy fishing, but like usually like when I was a teenager, like it was just an excuse to like go out and drink. Um, cause that's what we would do. But like, I liked both. Like it wasn't like, it wasn't like I was, it wasn't like I was using it as an excuse. Like I just like both of those things. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta drink when you fish, man. That's just, right. that's part of it. <laughs> Sacrilegious not to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hell yeah, man. Well, listen, yeah. bro. It's been uh, it's been really nice talking with you. Yeah, absolutely. I was uh, I wanted to talk to you because uh, you texted me whatever last week or something like that or a few days ago and yeah, um, talking about that event and I was like, hell yeah, I want to hear about it, you know. So right, this is this is kind of what uh, and I say this to everybody I talk to. I'm like, hey, you know, let's talk in a couple months. You know, after you go to an event or something because I I like to hear about it. Yeah, uh, like this junkyard thing. You know, that's. Uh, it's really cool there, you know, obviously you can go online, you can see stories, I mean, uh, pictures and stuff from, or Instagram, you know, if like Valkyrie Airsoft, you know, puts them up or something, but it, yeah. it's not the same as hearing a personal story from you that, you know, cause that's your experience. 
right. uh, when you were there. So I, I like to hear that stuff. You know, it's cool. Yeah. So um, one thing I did want to say, though, um, that I should have said earlier, but um, an interesting perspective, I think, coming from me, like coming from Maryland, playing down in North Carolina, an interesting perspective I had was like the the people I played with were just like all around really great people. Um, not that like the people around where I play aren't, but uh, I guess just like the best way to put it, like I'm used to going to like skirmishes or events or whatever, and you get like the arguing or the like the you're not calling your hits or the cheating uh, accusations or whatever, just like the basic like bickering and fighting, but like that just wasn't common down there like yeah. to the point where like i remember one of the days um things did get heated between like two people and the guys on my team that was getting heated like his teammate his teammates like had his back and they were like calm down like it's not worth it and they just like settled it like it didn't it didn't have to be a big like drama filled argument right. or whatever right. um like i guess there there were a couple times when things got heated on sunday and like people were saying that's a little more normal after two days, like tensions kind of start to rise after two days. But like overall, like the, most of the people there I think were from North or South Carolina. They just seemed like really good people to play with. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a cool point because the, uh, I think that's why these guys here our guys. I think that's why they like to go to the uh, three day mill Sims mm -hmm. as opposed to the one day events, whatever it is. And that could have been more, it. That could have been yeah. it too. Like when you're paying a hundred dollars for a ticket, that might weed out some of the like people you don't want there. So younger, that makes sense sure. too. Yeah, and and not only that, but it's a big commitment. You've got to have gear. You've got to have so people that go through that process uh, are typically more, you know, they're more into the game, more into the sport. They're a little more maybe older, uh, more mature. They have mm -hmm. a lot more invested in it, and. Uh, they also understand that it's a game. So there's no reason to get all fucking pissy about <laughs> right. getting shot or not who shot somebody first or whatever, you know? So, yeah, uh, you know, it's not game over, bro. Like go back to spawn and get your ass back out here and shut the fuck up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's why these guys like the, uh, the mill Sims. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's cool that you had. That was a good uh, experience for you, though, for your first 3D Milson. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, yeah, man, it's been awesome uh, to hear your stories. So uh, we will definitely, in the future, be meeting up in person sometime. Yeah. Someplace. Because you weren't that far away from us at this one. So right. hopefully uh, we can plan something in the future to go to something you're at. Yeah. And, uh, I would um, I would 100% make the drive down to that area again yeah like whether it be an event at like black op or somewhere else around there like yeah. i'm down and i'm yeah. i'm interested to hear how you you have an event coming up at gti right yes yeah i'm i'm excited to hear how that goes like you're, are you, you're gonna be filming yeah i'm gonna be filming nice so i'm gonna film the whole thing you know the day before the day of all that you know throughout the whole thing prepping and getting all the shit and going there and yeah. then, uh, of course, when I get back, uh, when I start doing podcasts again, I'll, uh, I'll be talking about it for sure. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And 
I, I, I'm sure you're going to have an awesome time. Like GTI is a really cool place from what I've oh, seen. I can't wait. Yeah. Like talking to a lot of the players down there. Um, a lot of these people were just talking about different events. Like GTI is like one of the big ones. It sounds like down there. So mm -hmm. that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Do you have, um, do you have some kind of ear pro? Uh, no, uh -uh. because like, so this was, I mean, I issue. have, I have earmuffs that we use for the range. Okay. I have, you know, ear plugs, yeah. but like what these guys have the, you know, noise deafening things that actually, you know, cause like Christian has the really expensive ones that when we go to the range, you can turn mm -hmm. them and they, uh, you can hear people talking, yeah. kind of amplify. And then as soon as it shoots, noise. you know, it goes off, you know, yeah. it shuts it off. But uh, no, I don't have shit like that. I don't. I ain't worried about it. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll just have my, you know, whatever. I'll uh, I'll try to put a finger in my ear and turn. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's grenade. like that's um that's one thing about these events. Like it wasn't the case at mine. Like being at a junkyard, they didn't they didn't allow pyro. Yeah. Um, just to the nature of the facility. But um, at most of these events, and like even like skirmishes, I've been at like that pyro gets deafening like mm -hmm. tagging rounds. Like those will like, those will hurt your ears pretty much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, but uh, it's a, it's no, a cool. I want thing. the full experience, bro. It's, There's no ear pro going this time. Okay. It's, it's a cool experience <laughs> though. Like I remember I, I've been fragged like in a building and like just had my bell rung been like upset for a sec and then been like, Oh, that was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, when you come out and you're like, somebody's talking and all you, you just see their mouth moving. You're like, what? I mean, that's kind of like showing off your scars. You're like, you know, it's yeah. a battle wound. I can't hear bro. Okay. Give me like two hours. <laughs> so yeah, man. But anyway, yeah, it's been awesome talking with you, man. Uh, you too. we'll have to uh, do it again soon. Yep. Yeah. We'll keep in touch. Awesome. All right, yeah. brother. Have a good one. You too.